got back from a week from uh, yesterday. And uh, um, as you know, and we uh, we had the opportunity to uh, go to Andrews, South Carolina, and to help with those that were affected from the storms, uh, with the tropical storm jo- uh, Joaquin, that was a huge rainmaker and created floods in the uh, Andrews, South Carolina area. Um, so what we when, what we endeavor to do as a church is when we go on these trips, uh, we uh, we like to come back and share so that we bring you into the experience. Uh, let you be a part of the, the wondrous things that God is doing in our midst. Uh, and, and hopefully that invites you and future opportunities to come and be a part of one of these incredible mission trips where we get to uh, minister to a need uh, within uh, our continental United States uh, as the Lord leads. So um, I want to I mention this is one of the homes that we actually worked on. Um, so just to know the significance of the flood, um, that it was literally up to the top of the roof roof of the home that we were in. Um, a little bit about Andrews. Uh, Andrews is kind of the collecting point of two counties and, uh, and a, a river called the Black River. Um, it is, uh, it's about an hour west of Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, so you get a, you get a gauge for where it's at. Um, when uh, Tropical Storm, storm Joaquin, or jo- Joaquin, or Jockin, however that's pronounced, uh, came through last October. Uh, it just created a massive amount of water that was collected uh, in this area. And uh, that water was sustained for several weeks. Uh, one of the homes that we worked in, um, Kevin and Miss um, Geneva's home, uh, they, uh, they had 28 inches of water in their home for, for over two weeks. So you can imagine that the damage that this causes. And of course, you know, furniture is no more good. Um, uh, heard several testimonies of folks that, and because of the timing of the storm and how it came about, uh, they were literally, they woke up in the morning and they were wet in their beds. Uh, they were stepping into water that was as high as their, their beds were. Um, they would, uh, if they went outside, they could literally watch the, the water coming to them. Um, Kevin mentioned that uh, uh, later in the, 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 the weeks that transpired afterwards that he was sitting on his porch. He, would, he was able to fish right off of his front porch. That's, uh, that's how bad the water was. Um, so this is a... And this is a community um, that uh, it's basically one of those small town American communities that you would have seen if you had to get a visual like what, what, it, what it would look like maybe 50 years ago. Um, it's a farming community, very rural, um, the, the, uh, a very strong faith-based community. Uh, we were privileged to partner with Samaritan's Purse, uh, who is a ministry that is connected with um, Billy Graham's son, um, uh, Franklin Graham who we uh, partner with to do Operation Christmas Child, or we often refer to as the shoebox ministry. And so they do disaster relief all over the world, and anytime there's disaster within the continental United States, they endeavor to be, in, to be there within 24 hours. And they show up with um, chainsaws and, and tarps, and they minister to the families immediately and do whatever they can to help them uh, with uh, the current circumstances. Uh, but then they endeavor to come back, just like the Samaritan did. They endeavor to come back and to minister uh, to those that are continuing to face challenges based on the storm or the damage. And so in this case, which was very unique for us, 
um, we um, we got most of the time when we do Samaritan's purse trips, we're actually rebuilding homes for folks that have lost their homes in tornadoes and hurricanes and those type of things. Um, this is our seventh trip as a church, and this is the first time that we've had the opportunity to help rebuild existing homes. So what was unique about this trip is that we were actually working with families while they were trying to live in these homes that were significantly damaged. So in one of the homes, literally the drywall was completely removed, and they were moving from room to room as uh, as the teams would come in each week and help serve and minister to the family's needs. Um, what a privilege for us. There were six of us on our team, and what a privilege for us to go and to come alongside. We got to minister to four different families um, in five days and uh, and do some significant work that the Lord enabled us to do with the help of Samaritan's Purse. Just a little bit about that ministry. Uh, they partner with a local church, so we literally stay in the classroom of a, of a local church. Um, they have bunk beds, and uh, and the neat thing about this particular location is they have all the different churches in the area uh, come in and provide breakfast or dinner. And so at this point in the project, the project actually started late December, um, early January. Um, they've had churches that have been coming in every single week um, and cooking breakfast in the morning and doing dinner at night for all the volunteers that came in. We uh, We were able to work with folks from Ohio and Illinois. Um, so we met other Christians, which is one of the joyful experiences of doing this, is you get together with other Christians from around the nation that come together um, week after week, but in your specific week, you get to meet others. And uh, and Sheba and I still have relationships with people that we've worked with over the years with these trips. I do want to mention this because I think I've, I've heard this from folks. Um, I, I'm not signing up for one of those trips because when we get back, we're going to have to talk in front of the church. Um, that is uh, that is not a requirement. I just want to make sure I've never stated that before, and I don't want that to be a hindrance to you not being willing to sign up for one of these experiences. Uh, we we enjoy. I know the church family enjoys hearing uh, from each person their experience and their feedback and what the Lord has taught them. Um, but I just want you to know that that's not a requirement for for these experiences. So I'm going to invite to the stage uh, Mary and Ray and Eric. I don't see Eric yet. Um, so he might not be here uh, yet, surprising. But Ray and Mary, would you guys uh, welcome them as they come? So one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to show you pictures that are unique to the individual that served. You'll see that behind them as they're sharing their testimony from their experience. And uh, so the Phillips. So, um, so as you're having a seat this morning, who are you? Who are you? Man, you know, so often we sing songs, but do we allow them to be the anthems of our hearts? Do we allow those words to capture our thinking and, uh, and really become our own declaration of praise? Because who you are is loved by the Father. That's what the song declares. I mean, you know what you need to hear this morning? God loves you. Somehow, in some profound way, that heals us. You know, God demonstrated His own love for us in this, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
This was a foreknown conclusion. But before the foundations of the earth was laid, Christ was crucified. This was God's heart, his ambition, to demonstrate his own love for us. And so, man, we only have to look at the cross and and be reminded, God loves you. Because so often, the choices we make, uh, the mistakes that we choose, often we, 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 we think that, wow, there's no way he could love me. And that's... That's the amazing grace that is so hard for us to wrap our minds around, that, that God showers us while we're yet... Like Christ took our punishment and by His stripes, we get healed. We get healed. And the, the, the segue for us this morning is this, is that if he's, the, if he's the perfect daddy, if He's perfect in all of His ways, and it's, it's love... That, dem- that is demonstrated through sacrificial living. And it's the very component that heals our life. Is there any wonder that Jesus said, my command is this, love one another. Love one another. It just makes sense, doesn't it? And when we understand the healing work that God has done in our life, because we, are, we, are, we, are, we believe that Jesus said this in, in Matthew 6, in Luke 11, he said, when you pray, pray this. God, uh, talking about his, his, his daddy, he says, he says, he calls him our heavenly father. Like, God wants to have this intimate relationship with us. He wants to tear the veil that separated us from himself. And he wants us to know his love firsthand. And that's the element that heals us. But Jesus, I think he's, I mean, you see this in in John 13, 14, 15, all the way through into John 17, that in, in 15 especially, in verse 12 and 17, it says, my command is this, love one another. So how do we do that? And I love that it was pointed out this morning, Trevor already pointed out this morning that, man, when we, when we love, this is how we love God back. This is how Jesus takes it personally when we love one another. I mean, that's that's a pretty deep and profound thing. And so when we have the privilege to go out and be ambassadors of this glorious love that has absolutely changed our life and and called us into a, a, a healing relationship, like then we get to go out and to express that love to others. It's an awesome thing. In your lifeline, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, in, in the NIV, it says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, on the heels of that, we see Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And it tells us that this grace that's been imparted to us through the sacrificial work of Christ on the cross, that it's a gift to us. And that we don't have anything to boast in, that our performance doesn't gain us anything with God, and that God manifests this glorious gift to us in Christ. And it's nothing that we've done, but it's everything that He has done for us, a gift that's been given. But yet, and then He moves into verse 10 and He tells us, but, but now, as God's workmanship, God's poem, God's masterpiece that can only be formed and created in Christ Jesus. Like Jesus is the one that makes us his own and makes us his masterpiece and is making us his masterpiece. We are created on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is good works. We're created to 
to, uh, it's, it's not works that gets us created in Christ Jesus, but after we're created in Christ Jesus, we're, we're created for the purpose of good works. And those works um, are manifested in love and good news through our lives. Jesus, uh, in, um, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, and in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he, he says these interesting words. Um, he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, the church is postured, positioned, created, formed and fashioned for the purpose, designed on purpose to serve. Jesus said, even though I'm your Lord and your master, uh, in, in John chapter 13, he went and washed the disciples' feet and he said, go and do likewise. So what does it look like for us to wash the feet of those around us? You know, I, I believe it communicates this profound love with a servant's heart and a humble spirit. And that's what's required for us to really be the hands and feet of Christ. Does that make sense? That we would, we would lay aside our differences. Um, man, there, in the, in the context in which we served in, um, there was a lot of room for prejudice. And, uh, and yet, the church walks in, uh, colorblind, and, and walks into this divine appointment, this great opportunity, and serves. And that's, that's who we are. That's what we're created and formed and fashioned to do, to be good work, to be good news to other people through the way that we love them and share our lives with them. But that means that we, like Jesus, have to lay our lives down. We have to serve. We get to serve. It's our privilege. And Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 said, in, uh, starting in verse 3, says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than yourself. Uh, do not look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. And then, and then verse 5 says, Having the same mindset or attitude of that of Christ Jesus. He came to serve us so that we could serve others. A few years back, uh, we had a, um, a theme for the year that we're saved to serve. And this verse really helps us to understand that, that serving is what we get to do now as we follow Christ because that's the example that he set for us. So Sheba and Vanya you're going to come now. Um, and as they're coming, I'll share this. So I mentioned we got, to, we got to minister to four different families. Well, Mary and Ray and Eric got to minister to the Case family. Um, and they got to serve all week long doing drywall, which Ray loved. So, <laughs> and isn't it amazing how God loves to thrust us out of our comfort zone so that we can call on him and wait on him and depend on him. And I love Ray's transparency and sharing that with us. We're challenged by that. But we had the privilege as a team, um, and it's, this was a unique trip because usually our teams get to work together, usually on a new home that's being built for a family that's lost their home. Um, but in this particular week, which is a c- completely new concept for us, we got to go into different families' homes and minister to them while they were in their home. And uh, so it, it opened up oppor- opportunities for great relationships with the homeowners. For us, we got to, uh, just to give you a little context, we got to minister to a sweet 69-year-old lady, uh, precious lady named Miss Eva, for the first three days. 
and uh, and you'll see more about that and hear more about that in a minute. And then we were moved to Miss Geneva's house, who they were actually friends, and Kevin, her son, who served in the army for eight years and was in Afghanistan and uh, went through some pretty tough stuff. Um, and God did a, a miraculous work there. And in the midst of that, we actually got to go for a short period on Friday morning and help Miss Diana or Miss Diane and her little dog, Pip. We got to help him, too. So, uh, But that that's the context for this group. And so I had the privilege of serving with Vanya and Sheba um, all week long. So Vanya's going to get us started. Yep. It's okay. Uh, good morning, church family. I'd just like to share. This is way out of so as we wrap up, um, we're going to have an opportunity to see a slideshow uh, with all the uh, the different elements of this particular trip. But I want to share briefly from my experience. Um, one of the things that I, I love tremendously, initially I want to say that I love getting a portion of, of, of our church family together for a week on the road because um, I get to spend some intimate time with a few of us. And uh, and I just cherish those moments where we get to dive in the word together. We get to do uh, multiple meals together. We get to be on the road and, and talk and uh, and really dive into uh, our relationship with the Lord and, and deepen our relationship with one another. So that's always a goal for me on the trip is uh, to, to deepen my relationship with the Lord and with those that we're with. Um, the thing that I, I always, you know, I never get tired of is so we get there. Um, and we, we roll into this tiny town and literally it's like a ghost town. It's so small. And, uh, and we got there real early and, uh, and, uh, so, so we went and ate dinner together and, um, and came back and we got to meet some of the folks that we were going to be serving alongside for the week. And, um, and so we meet Michael and Zach. And Michael and Zach have just driven 14 hours from, um, from Ohio. And, uh, they come in and there's this instant affinity. And that's the thing that I just love about the body of Christ is that there's this sense of, of intimate, intimate relationship almost immediately with those that share God's spirit. And throughout the week, those, those two guys, I mean, we just developed this incredible bond. Well, come Wednesday, we had fit uh, our, in fact, our, our foreman, Don, and his wife, Karen, that, uh, that Mary spoke of, they had to go uh, away because their grandson was having surgery. And so we were going to be moved as a crew to another location. And so they didn't know where we were going to be moved. We didn't know where we were going to be moved until that next morning. And lo and behold, we're moved to, um, to Michael and uh, Zach's uh, crew. And so one of the things that happened at the end of the week was we had, we had developed such an intimate relationship with guys that we had just spent four or five days with that, that Zach, who's a teacher and just a really dynamic guy, was, was just bawling at the end of the week and just making sure that we had shared contact information and just like, we have to do this again together and we have to stay in touch. We've got, we're coming to St. Petersburg and, and just, you know, to me, that's one of the, the, the fruits of these experiences is that you get connected with other believers that have a similar passion to just be the hands and feet of Christ and that you build these these rich relationships that will endure into eternity. Well, the other group was from Chicago. And there was a guy um, on that crew that was, and God bless them, they had driven for like, you know, I, I don't think they had slept for over 24 hours um, to get there. And, um, and so initially, um, Dick was a little grumpy. 
Um, and, uh, and what was just, you know, we would have dialogue and, and he, his words weren't, weren't often encouraging. And so, um, it, it just, you know, it, it, it leads us to pray for one another, but it, 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 initially I'm thinking, man, this is rough. I mean, like, I don't understand why he's being so hurtful with his, with his words. Well, wouldn't you know that when we were moved to that new location on Wednesday, Dick's a part of that team too, and I get partnered with Dick. So, um, and this is one of the big things the Lord taught me through that, is that um, we got to build this porch. You'll, you'll see that deck right there together. And, um, and by the way, this deck was built for Miss Geneva because on Tuesday, it was her 85th birthday. And, uh, and this lady's amazing. You wouldn't, I'd never know that she's 85. But we built this for her as an additional piece to the, to the project as her birthday present. So, so that she could walk off her back deck. The land that they lived on, she lived with all of her siblings and aunts and uncles. They had, uh, their great grandfather, who was a farmer, left them a hundred acres. And they all lived like somewhere on that property. But this is really close to the Black River. And the house that you saw that was completely underwater, it was their house. Uh, it was this house that we were working on that's been, that's gone through a lot of renovation since. Um, but in the course of the week, Dick and I worked together, and it was amazing with with a little bit of love and encouragement. And Sheba was a big part of this. Sheba would just happen to bounce in every so often and just and just love on Dick, you know, and just say something funny. And and between the, by the end of the week, Dick was was warm and loving, and there was this bond that was created. And I mean, the Lord just showed me the the value of kind words, the value of encouragement, um, and that, you, you know, we don't need to predetermine where people are at or, or, uh, or judge people based on, you know, the words that they use or their temperament or their, their present, uh, you know, just where they're at. And it was just such a short context to see, to see the difference. That's Kevin on the left, who was the homeowner's son, who was in Afghanistan, part of Dev- Desert Storm, um, and uh, just a, a rich week where we got to minister to these families. But that was a, that was a big lesson for me. Um, it's always such a joy and a privilege to be a part of these experiences because we get the privilege of not only meeting people from all over the, the country that are in desperate circumstances, and we get to be this, you know, I love what they say, helping in Jesus' name, not in our name, but in his name. And that brings us together. Um, but then we also get to be to create more intimate and deep bonds together as we serve together in these communities. So I I, I encourage you. There's going to be future opportunities. Please take the opportunity to at least pray about whether the Lord would would uh, would permit you or call you to one of these experiences because it is life changing. It allows you to uh, to be closer knit with your body. You learn some wonderful or relearn or. Uh, strengthen some skill sets within the construction in- industry that you can use later on uh, as we continue to do these uh, these these projects, and uh, and then we just get to be a vibrant expression of love and care for those around us. So what we're going to do is we're going to show a, um, uh, a, vi- uh, a slideshow presentation of a lot of the other pictures that we have, and hopefully the testimonies give you a context for all the pictures that you're about to see. So here's our takeaway for today. Um, many of you heard that uh, one of the things that we faced is Miss Eva, um, Samaritan's Purse, comes in and evaluates the homes and does applications. And, 
and then they kind of choose the projects that they're going to work on for the next year or so. And uh, Miss Eva was was given um, that opportunity, but it wasn't going to be for a little while. So she um, she contracted with uh, some folks, and they came in and um, just absolutely took advantage of her, um, charged her a ridiculous amount of money, and then left the floor half done, not done right, um, left her, like literally put particle board in her ceilings. Um, and uh, it just, it was a mess. And uh, so we had the privilege of coming in and kind of making some of those things right with the flooring. We had to like completely take it all up and try to salvage as much as possible. And then, because uh, there was no vapor barrier that was put down whatsoever. No padding. No, they just put, literally put wood on top of cement. And um, and then it wasn't even put together correctly, and then just left the project with her money. So, you know, and so what? It, this is the big takeaway for me, um, and it, it moves me because this is who we get to be to the world. The world experiences a lot of people that come in and take advantage of them, that leave them hurting and broken, that leave them wanting and lost, and uh, they they get taken. You know, they get hurt, they get um, they get taken advantage of. And and we have the privilege at and you know one of the things that's neat about it, Samaritan's Purse is that this is all at the cost of Samaritan's Purse. They just step in. They they brought furniture. They brought teams. They they pay for the materials. They pay they pay for the food and the you know and uh, the, the trucks and all of that stuff. And uh, and it's such an example to us that we get to be the good Samaritan. That when others pass by and don't want to get involved. Uh, when others miss the the divine appointment and the opportunity that we have to minister and to serve, we get to step in at our own risk, at our own cost, and we get to put them on on our donkey, so to speak, and take them to the inn, and uh, and we get to pay, we get to we get to we get to make sacrifices, Jesus did for us, so that they get ministered to and healed. Um, and then I love in the Samaritan's story that that uh, that he says, and I'll come back, and if there's any extra expense, uh, that's on me. I'll take care of that. And that's exactly what Samaritan's Purse does, and we get to be a part of that. But it, it shouldn't just be them. It's really the body of Christ. That's our commission and call. That we get to uh, we get to go into other people's lives where uh, they've been hurt and broken and in pain, and maybe that's even us. And we get to minister and go the second mile and we get to love deeply, um, even at our own expense. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? That he, he suffered and died so that we might live. And so let's uh, let's think about that as we kind of head out and have the privilege to be his hands and feet in expression of his love to a world that's dying and hurting. Father, we thank you for your love. And as we go through this series on the church and what it is from a biblical perspective, as we've discovered its identity and now talk about its expression, Lord, help us to, to understand that the church serves. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Help us to, uh, and to give with right motive so that you get the glory. Let us do it in Jesus' name. Help us uh, to do even our giving where our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is doing. Let us do it in such secretive ways that you get the glory because they can point to no other. And Father, help us to serve sacrificially as you've done for us, Lord Jesus. Help us to give. Help us to, to recognize need and, and, um, and do it, uh, knowing that you will empower and resource that um, as we love others the way that you've loved us. We thank you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name.
Amen.